When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in episode 14 of this study, Exodus, God's Great Rescue. And I have thought about renaming this because as I look at Moses and what what God is doing to him, it's... I've even thought about calling this uh, Exodus Moses, God's reluctant leader, because I don't think he wants to do this necessarily. He was he was called by God out of the burning bush. God told him he had to do something. Moses came up with every roadblock imaginable. Lord, it shouldn't be me. I can't, you know, I have, they're not going to believe me. I'm not part of their tribe. Uh, I can't speak well. What, what are you doing to me? But Moses, but God told Moses, no, it's you. I want you to do this. I've particularly placed you in such a situation to do this thing. And if you look in the Bible, it is full of times where God leads people to do things that sometimes they go willingly, like David slaying Goliath, and sometimes they go reluctantly, like Moses here. But there are times in life when we have to lead, when there has to be leadership. And leadership is always, always, the first rule of leadership is always being enslaved, being appreciative of, being attached to, having a passion for the truth. If you will simply see the truth, recognize the truth, and communicate the truth, you will be, you are, can be a great leader. The later, the, a great leader is always in love with the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's actually our theme for this whole entire year. And if you are in love with the truth, if you will follow the truth and be devoted slavishly to the truth, and do the things that the truth requires, you will be a great leader. If you obscure the truth, lie, distort the truth so that you can maybe pocket, uh, you know, benefit by yourself, then you are a horrible leader. You might get a lot of things done and you might, you might have, you know, power, wealth, fame and all that sort of thing. But if you do it by violating the truth, then you are not a good leader. You're just somebody who's out for themselves. The truth will always benefit the world. That's what the truth does. That's why Jesus was so slavishly devoted to the truth himself. That's why he said, I am the truth. If you want to be a leader in the Christian faith, if you want to follow Jesus with passion, you have to be in love with the truth. It's just the way it is. God came to Moses and said, I want you to do this. Moses put every roadblock that he could think of in front of God. God said, I don't care. You're going to do this. And now the truth is, is that Moses has to do this. He doesn't want to do it. He's going to go up against the most powerful person there is and ask him to release the Israelites out of slavery. The only reason why he do that is because he has the truth of God with him. The truth is that God called him to do this. The truth is that God gave him tools and resources, told him exactly what to do. There's no denying it. He's got to do this. And so now Moses is doing this. We left the story in our last episode. Moses and Aaron, who had met up in the wilderness, went back to the Israelites and explained all that God was going to do. Um, 
God had called Moses. He'd given Moses the three signs. The first one is the staff that turns into a snake. The other one is that if Moses sticks his hand in a cloak and pulls it out, it has leprosy. And the third sign is that if he pulls water out of the Nile and throws it on the ground, it turns into blood. Those are the three signs that God gave to Moses. With those three signs, he showed that to the Israelite leaders. The Israelite leaders applauded and said, yes, all right, we're on board with this. You've shown us a miracle, a sign. We now believe that you are from God and that you've called us to do this, to come out of slavery in Egypt. So everyone's on board. This is, this is a great thing. Uh, and so then what happens? Well, that's what that's where we're going to pick up the story because now it gets interesting. Uh, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 5 now. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with a plague or with the sword. So Moses and Aaron go up to, to Pharaoh, and they say, let, let, pe- let my people go, as if that was going to work. And Pharaoh says, I don't know your God. Who is this? And then, so as a, as a consolation prize, Moses is like, maybe I'll be tricky. Well, let us just go for three days into the wilderness and offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. If you don't do that, he's going to strike us with plagues or with the sword or something. We have to follow our God. That is the truth. And if you don't let us go, he's going to strike us all down. So just all we want is three days in the wilderness. Can you, can you do that for us? Well, let's see what Pharaoh says. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the word harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. So I just want to stop here. So Pharaoh is also denying the truth. The truth is, is that Pharaoh is creating all his great palaces on the backs of slavery. And in the heart of hearts, Pharaoh has to know that slavery is wrong. Enslaving another people for your own benefit, for your own uh, financial gain is, is wrong. That has always been wrong. It always will be wrong. Slavery is wrong. Now, there have been times in history where people sold themselves into slavery because they got themselves into debt. They did something where they got themselves into debt and then they have to work off that debt. And so they did this thing called indentured servitude. And that was actually a very, very beneficial for way for people to work out their own debt. But what this is called is just plain old slavery. They, the Egyptian people with all their power have enslaved another people and they're using that to get their own gain. They're building all this great wealth in, in Egypt because of these slaves. 
And that wealth in Egypt is still there, by the way. If you go to Egypt now with the pyramids, those pyramids were built on the backs of slavery. And the, it, this is what communities create wealth. The way that Egypt, right, Cairo, wherever those, those pyramids are, that was created by slave labor. Um, but you can create wealth in other ways without slave labor. In, in the South, you know, when we had slavery in the South right after the, the founding of this nation or before the founding of this nation, that was created on the backs of slavery. It was wealth, huge plantational wealth created on the backs of slavery. What all slavery is, is transferring wealth from labor into a class that is enslaving. And that's, that's what that, it's a transfer of wealth is what that is. And Pharaoh, I don't, I mean, it's hard if you, if you believe that slavery is your right, that you're God, as Pharaoh did, if you believe that this is just what God is blessing you with is all the slaves, then of course you're going to have slavery. But he was denying the truth. And the truth is, is that mankind was created free. We do not do well in slavery. We will always rebel against being enslaved. And right now in the United States, there is even, I'm not talking about slavery, slavery. I'm talking about a corporate uh, governmental structure that is so difficult to navigate that we're enslaved to it. And at some point when that happens, people will revolt against that because people require, demand freedom. We have to feel like we're in charge of our own lives. We cannot, we cannot, you know, at, at some level, the people were okay with this, the, the, the Israelites. They, the, it somehow they allowed themselves to be enslaved. And I'm not, it doesn't say exactly how this happened, but it probably happened because uh, somebody wanted it easy. Somebody wanted to game the system. Somebody who didn't want to take responsibility for their own lives. I mean, these are the types of things that end up in turning into slavery. And Pharaoh just took advantage of that. Now he's got a whole people enslaved. But now the people don't want to be enslaved anymore. If Pharaoh was devoted to the truth, if he was a good leader, he would have tried to figure out how can we resolve this situation. He may have said something like, hey, I will let whoever wants to go, you go. Uh uh, for those of you who stay, uh, we will have better working conditions. Uh, we will give you food. We will provide straw. We'll do all these things, you know, to make your life more comfortable and let you be enslaved to me. But Pharaoh didn't do that. He wasn't a slave to the truth. He was just a person who wanted power and wealth for himself and for Egypt. And so uh, he does not. He does not follow this. Uh, he does not answer Moses and Aaron's request and God's request to let these people go. He probably could have negotiated something at this point, but he doesn't. Um, so Pharaoh is not a good leader. I, I, he's not. He does not recognize the truth. The truth is this is going to happen. They are going to leave. They're either going to leave peacefully under Pharaoh's blessing and they can have great relationship with the people that are leaving or um, they're going to leave under horrible relationships and Egypt and Israel are going to be enemies. Oh, like maybe even up to the modern day. I don't know. I mean, and this all goes back to Pharaoh. It all goes back to this guy right here. If he had just recognized the truth, everything would have been okay. 
he could have he could have worked his way out of this. There would have been some of the Israelites who are like, you know what? We don't want to leave. We're, we're quite comfortable. We love working. You know, just give us food, better working conditions. Make sure the slave drivers don't kill us or beat us to death. And we'll work a partnership here. Uh, probably get it done even better. Because when you're beating us with your swords and with your whips and stuff like that, we're just not as, we're not as good. But now it's created a fracture. So Pharaoh gives the order to the slave drivers and the overseers to, to make get their own straw. So apparently they were bringing straw. They were making bricks. They're putting the straw in the bricks and they were making their pyramids with all of this. Uh, straw and bricks. And and now Pharaoh's like, no. No, don't give him straw anymore. We're I'm going to influence. Now Pharaoh is not, instead of becoming a great leader, he's now a dictator. A dictator is one who uses power and fear and continues to escalate with power and fear until he breaks the people that he's trying to enslave or trying to control. This is what dictators do. This is the difference between a dictator and a great leader. Dictators will violate the truth and they will use power and influence as much as they can to try to, um, to broker a deal you know, in his favor. All right, so we're going to continue reading. Verse 10. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required for each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh. Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we're told to make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That's why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble. When they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. And when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and put a sword in their hand to kill us. So my friends, (laughs) this is the thanks that Moses gets. He called by God to lead people out of slavery in Egypt. He makes the first attempt to go into this battle that he's going to have with Pharaoh. It's going to be a battle. If anybody thinks that the slaves are coming out of Egypt without a fight, they're killing them. They're they're kidding themselves. Of course, there's going to be a fight. Pharaoh is not a good leader. He's a leader like a dictator. He only believes in power and influence, and he wants to crush the Israelites. And so he's going to use every trick he has in his toolbox to win this battle. And the Israelites have nothing in their side, nothing in their court. They have no power. They have no influence. The only thing they have on their court is Moses and Aaron and a few parlor tricks, right? This turning the the staff into a snake, uh, the the hand with leprosy and turning the water into blood. I mean, just a few signs from God that he's on their side, but that's it, right? Right? But the Israelites have God on their side. They're not powerless. And none of us in the kingdom of God are powerless. We have God on our side. 
period. We are never powerless in any battle for justice in the world. If we fervently pursue the truth, God is on our side. God, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am on your side. I will help you win this battle. If you pursue the truth and do what is right according to what I have written, how I have called you, I will be on your side and, and the truth will win out. In the, in the end of the day, the truth will win out. And, and I, that is what God said, and that's what I believe, and that's how God has always worked throughout all of history, that if you are just a fervently in love and pursue the truth, you will eventually win out. Now, you personally might get crushed. You personally, personally might not survive the battle, but God will win the battle. God has already won, God has already won the war. God sent his son Jesus into the world to redeem mankind, to redeem this world, and he is the truth. And if we just follow Jesus and are devoted to him and devoted to his words and devoted to all things good and follow the truth wherever that leads, the truth will win out. Satan is the father of lies. Satan wants lies to win out. He is a dictator. He, he just wants to manipulate and, and change the truth into lies. And God says, no, follow the truth. If you will follow the truth, then I will be on your side. And so God, that's, what, that's what God says. And so we should, if, if, and Pharaoh didn't do this. Moses is following the truth. He goes up to Pharaoh and he says, listen, let us go three days into the wilderness. And Pharaoh's like, I'm not going to give you three days. You're not going to come back from the wilderness. You're, and you're going to give me three days less work on these pyramids, which I need, or you know, whatever it is the work needs to be done. I'm going to not give you straw anymore. Let's see how that works. And he escalates it. So Moses comes back from the overseers, go up to Pharaoh, and they say, listen, you've got to give us straw. And, and Pharaoh's like, this is all your fault. You're following Moses. If you wouldn't just follow Moses, then all things would be good. It would all go back to normal. But this Moses is stirring things up. Aaron is stirring things up. Why don't you leave Moses and Aaron, kick them out, and follow us, or follow me, and life will go back to normal. And life could have gone back to normal, except that they were in slavery to Pharaoh. And no person should be enslaved. And God calls Moses and Aaron to go and make a change and are the people see this is this is what leadership is this is the heart of leadership leadership is religiously pursuing the truth and when you do that change will be required and when a good leader who pursues the truth feels they've been called by God to do the change that is necessary when they make that change the people that that change will impact will always fight back. Sheep always fight back. People who are following a leader will not like the change. They want the change. They want the result of the change, but they're not willing to make their own sacrifice to make the change. That, that is basically what leadership is. Leadership is trying to show people why, why we need to pursue the truth, why we need to do the things that we need to do, and then um, part of leadership is also then dealing with the fallout from that. And if you, if you follow God and follow the truth, he will be on your side, even at those points, even the darkest moments, 
where there's fallout. Um, you know, I think of like who are our great leaders today. One that I love is Elon Musk, right? He's he he his goal and vision for the world is that we become completely carbon free, and that we drive around in vehicles that are all electrically run, and so we don't use fossil fuels anymore. No coal, no oil, no natural gas. Now. The question, of course, is where does all of this energy come from, the electricity that we need? And there's two camps on that. One is that we get it from wind and solar and have storage, or the other says that we use nuclear energy or some sort of fission or fusion or whatever, we get it that way, uh, but that it's all, that the vehicles are all electrical. So uh, he is pursuing that, but who is against him? Well, the anybody who doesn't want him to succeed will use whatever power, whatever trick, whatever tool that they have to not let him you know, succeed. Uh, the same thing with any leader that's trying to do things to make the world a better place. Uh, and you know, if you are an inventor, if you've invented something that makes the world better, Eli Whitney, the cotton gin, right? He invented a way to be able to separate the cotton seed from the cotton. Uh, there were detractors from when he did that too because you know he became very wealthy. He invented this thing, but the people who are out of work now, uh, they were, they weren't happy with, although the cotton gin, I mean, there's some things that are so incredible that they make the world better for everybody that nobody really gets upset. But in a complicated world like today, you invent anything or you start anything new and you're going to have detractors because you're going to make somebody lose, right? You're going to have winners and losers and who, who makes the winners and losers? Well, in the world of free markets, the free market creates winners and losers. In dictatorships, dictators create winners and losers. Um, anyway, but that's, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the, the point is, is that Moses is now, not only is Pharaoh angry at Moses and Aaron, but now the people that Moses is leading are not happy with Moses. They don't like this change. They don't like the fact that they're going to have to struggle to get out of slavery in Egypt. It's not going to be a walk in the park, my friends. And, and Moses knows this. Aaron knows this. The people deep down know this too. They just, they're just lazy and comfortable. They like being enslaved. Uh, you know, people, like, people like being enslaved. <laughs> it takes great leaders to rise up against that and say, no, you're being enslaved and this is wrong. And uh, we're coming, this has happened throughout history of all mankind where you get these things called revolutions because you end up with governmental agencies that keep enslaving and enslaving. I personally, um, I love the United States. I love freedom, but there are governmental regulations in the United States that are choking free commerce. And uh, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Um, but uh, <laughs> that, that has to be weeded through and people have to, separate the wheat from the chaff and figure out what is good and what is bad. And it's going to require great leaders to rise up and say, this is good and this is bad. And, the, and there's battles and fights and revolutions. And that's just the history of mankind. That's the history of mankind. All right. So I think, um, I think I'll leave it there. Let's, let's close in prayer. Gracious God, uh, thank you for great leaders that have pursued the truth and uh, brought us to a better place in this world. Uh, thank you for the example of Moses and Aaron. Be with us over the next few days and keep us safe. In Jesus' name.